When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a crowd podcast. I was just thinking, like, please hit me on the chin now. What was the last thing that Tony said to you before you ring walked? Talk us through them feelings as soon as you felt it. Has anyone said to you, why don't you stop here? Can't fucking wait to fight again. What's that week like emotionally? Does it feel like a big come down? Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Hello, Deck. Hello, George. How are you? I am great. How are you? I am very mediocre at best. No, no, no. no I really. don't believe that for I, a second. Honestly, never better. Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. Big gun out we in got, this pod. We've got a big gun coming out. Yeah. And it's taking you straight back to, spoiler alert, Guadalajara. Yeah, I can almost... It's almost like the time of your life yeah, out there, isn't it? smell the lime, just lime on everything. And, spoiler alert again, maybe he might be going back to Mexico one day. And if he does, we're going. We're going as a whole pod now. But before we get into any of that, George, have you cooked any meat recently? Ribeye steaks. Stuck it in any tacos? No. Okay, that's next. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tacos, they call it. I thought it was lavaca. I tried to explain this last that's week. That's vaca, that's cow. Uh, some cow tacos, but yeah. a type of beef cooked. Anyway, let's not get bumped down into that. One person who isn't Mexican is Callum Jones. Hi, guys, he says. I'm a relatively new listener of the pod, so I'm making my way through all the episodes and loving it. I've really enjoyed listening to the likes of Fabio Wardley and... John Ryder because going into it I didn't know too much about them but I came away from each episode as a new fan of them if you're looking for guest suggestions I would love to hear an episode with Joe Cordina as it would be interesting to hear more about his recent regaining of the title and his future plans in boxing keep up the good work you're smashing it all the best Callum Jones Jones that's he wants Joe Cordina, Cordina. Yeah, it yeah. all makes sense now. I've got it yeah but do you know what he makes a good point he didn't know too much about Fabio Wardley or John Ryder until we that's the point of the pod isn't it we're trying to get these people across people like J- Fabio and John have got these big personalities no one even will, often won't see that there's not a platform but here we are yeah there might be some fighters you want to hear from you haven't already but I wouldn't even say we are limited to that Declan no. because we've had, we've had Eddie Hearn on yeah. who does 11 interviews Everyone an hour and uh, we still got some brand new material yeah. out of him we, knew, we learned something new about Edward Hearn and Joe Cordina is definitely on oh. the hit list we, we've tried to, we've tried to a couple times we just haven't been able to marry it up but it's yeah it's works. happening well two-time world champion speaking of which my mate Dre at Dre Beat It elite club member right he didn't really know much about John Ryder he heard our episode he loved John Ryder so much he flew to fucking Guadalajara he'd never been to a boxing match before in his life and he made his debut at the Estadio Akron watching John Ryder against Canelo and the whole supporting undercard that is a debut to behold isn't it that's incredible imagine now his next one he's got to go to that was that was the immediate concern (laughs) snares like a leisure centre somewhere in Dalston Um, now in terms of long distance George we've had someone get in touch 
could be the longest distance listener we've got. Is it Paul Keeney? It's Paul Keeney. He said, love the pod, full stop, new, all, pa- yeah. new paragraph. I'm in Sydney, approximately 17,000 kilometers away. Is there anyone further from you guys? Good question. I reckon that has to be furthest. We, and we know we've got Vancouver listeners. We've got a shitload in Mexico now. Americans all over the shop. People in Swindon, Nottingham. Sydney, is that the winner? Seems pretty far. If you're further as the crow flies from Sydney to London, you have to tell us immediately pause this podcast right to us now because we want to know who the furthest afield is don't we uh, i'll tell you what isn't seventeen thousand kilometers away is mexico is guadalajara where we should say for our guest that's coming in today he is the star of mexico now he's probably the second biggest mexican boxer there is the post that we put with a picture of him on after he boxed in his last fight without giving his spoilers away is our most interactive with post on on instagram ever since we started this pod nearly a year ago and all the comments most of them are in mexican there's people saying you're a great warrior it's all in spanish you have to go and translate it mexican flags gorillas the lot he is the star of mexican boxing we somehow persuaded him to take some time out of his busy scheduled to come and see us george who is it what is this pod all about it's the gorilla isn't it it is the gorilla in the mist it's john Ryder. let's get him on let's, let's stop talking let's get him in today deck is a big one our first guest making their second appearance on the pod there's someone we know all too well it's the gorilla john Ryder. john thanks for coming back on the show thank you for having me back so this pod really is titled the day i fought canelo because what a moment for you what a day but in that press conference afterwards you were gutted absolutely gutted that you'd lost the fight it wasn't like oh look i've done so well against canelo you wanted to win but now what a few weeks after have those emotions of just pure disappointment have they evolved into anything are they changed in any way initially straight after the fight sitting there with a busted nose couldn't hardly speak and i've got you and the other deck firing <laughs> multiple questions at me yeah, sorry can, about me please let me get out of this place <laughs> it was weird because in the build-up to that fight i was at a point where i was like win lose or draw it i could draw it under and say that's it but I got out of that ring and I thought, I can't wait to fight again. The desire still burns. But yeah, it was just a, a go at the time. I see them them belts there and I, I wanted them so bad. Little Cranded made for the event. John, what was that then, that desire to keep going? Was that because you really enjoyed it? Or is that because it, I don't know, felt like unfinished business in terms of your career? I don't think anyone gave me a chance beforehand. But I think I put so much into it throughout camp, bringing on new mind coaches and whatnot, just to be that bit stronger mentally. And I know I spoke about it last time when I said I just felt like I wasn't in the room for the for the Parker fight. So made sure that was dealt with. And the whole thing in this camp was to leave no stone unturned. And I knew as soon as I come out, I take a lot of credit from staying in there and, and, and seeing the fight out. But I knew that I had so much more in me to give that night. And it just felt like it was taken away from me a bit. You're dead right. At the end of the fight, there's so much to be proud of. But is your brain now thinking, I got to use this, this good credit in terms of the future? Or are you just feeling proud of yourself for your performance? Is it a bit of everything? I think a bit of everything. I'm not someone to sit there and pat myself on the back. But yeah, I think I, I stayed in there when it got tough. And I think there was times in there when I was just thinking, like, please hit me on the chin now. It's hard, but I got through the few rounds after the. Are the you no just game. saying that, or is that the truth? No, genuinely, I've been. A, there's only two fights I've been at that point in when I thought to myself, "Please whack me on the chin now and put me out of misery because this is going to be an hard night's work." Really, you were, think, you were thinking that? Yeah, and I felt hard. I felt like that in the um, the Arnfield fight as well because I was down. My, that was my last fight at middleweight. I had literally nothing in me, and I think you're seeing the rounds go by slowly, and it's like. 
please just put me out of misery. Like you rallied on, screaming at him almost. It felt like, especially in that round where you you get you get dropped and yeah, you get fifth, up. Fifth round. No, generally it feels like a bit of a. I haven't watched it back the other day. It felt like a bit of an out of body experience because at the time I'm thinking this is our dear like. But then watching the fight back, so much of it was done on instinct and just. I don't know, I suppose we've done this for so long now that you, you can just fight on instinct and, and not realise. Talk us through that knockdown because it's a heavy one and like a lot of people would have been like, that'll do me. What was going through your head? Well, it was weird. I thought the ropes were a bit closer. I was going to try and use the ropes to right. like come back off. Do you know what I mean? But then I went to lean like, back and it was just there. It was like, it's like someone pulling the chair yeah, out from the good, yeah. <laughs> So do you reckon you've got full recollection of, of the knockdown? No, so I remember, I remember him throwing the jab, seeing the jab and then just not seeing the backhand come and just thinking, right, that good shot. But it wasn't a massive shot, but just thinking, right, I'll take the ro- use the ropes here to keep, bring me back. And they just weren't there. Yeah, I think I, I went to get straight up. And Tony was like, just wait. Obviously, my first time being knocked down. But the funny thing was, Tony's head was there and my missus was behind him and she's going, stay down. And I'm thinking, no chance I'm going to stay down and like not get up. As like, I'm to the referee, yeah, I'm all right. I'm thinking, that is a bollock enough. Yeah. That's fine, isn't it? Like, missus, I told you to stay down. She's the one who told you you were going soft. Yeah. So that's, your, yeah. that's her fault. No, she meant stay down and take the can. Oh, now, now we've Now we've got to realise. But um, It's a I'm good thinking, job you didn't misinterpret that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure out after. <laughs> yeah. Like, you told me to. I told just get up your plum <laughs> so let's talk about Canelo a little before we get into the week but the, the, the fight itself how good is he was he hurting you and were you surprised at the level of success when you watched it back how many times you're hitting him clean on the inside the uppercuts and whatnot? he's definitely changed his way of fighting now because he's not so much with a head movement not so evasive with it but yeah I was surprised how easy he was to hit initially how easy I found it to slip his jab and, and whatnot. I still say he's past his best he's still very good obviously what was the ring walk like from your view? Do you know what I took on this? He's a friend of mine, Greg Meehan. He's um he's got a does mentorship like Rise mentorship online, and obviously I spoke to you about it last time, like just dialing in and being ready. So I'd done that ring walk myself a hundred times in the build up. Every night I was going over it in my with my breathing and just slowing it down and visualizing it. And I'd done my own ring walk a hundred times. I'd visualized him walking a hundred times. So it was good just to to see the stadium, get myself in that ring, and just. It, to me, I, I looked at him walking to the ring and it wasn't Canelo, it was just another man. I didn't hear the crowd. I watched it back the other day and it was like, wow, it was, it was really packed in there. It was was a great atmosphere. It was, it's one was, of the, was noisy. It yeah. was, oh, there was fireworks. It was like, <laughs> none of that. I didn't see any of that then. It was, just, it was just another man walking to the ring. What was the plan for that very first bell when the first bell goes? Because I think it'd be great for young fighters to hear what happens at the very top level. I think, you know, with someone like Canelo, he's relatively slow starter so it's just about gauging distance not letting him I suppose land first really as well it was obviously it's going to be a bit of a feeling that process he never comes out swinging does he but just about I suppose trying to get the centre of the ring with him I think uh, first round I think we after the round went by and we hadn't thrown a shot yet we was all just fainting and, and circling and whatnot. then I think he threw a jab and I slipped it and I thought that was a lot slower than I thought it would be I was confident with that I felt like I'd nicked the first round probably won that quite well so I was happy going into the end of the first round come out for the second round and more of the same I felt like I was, I was boxing well that round until the last second of the round when I felt like I'd really leant over and took the uppercut but it turned watching it back I was a little bit like inches like over the front foot and just whipped it in and perfect shot mm. at the right time and um, done the nose he did like Billy Joe Saunders like 
eye socket with that shot, didn't yeah. it? That same shot. It's a danger one. Talk us through them feelings as soon as you felt it. I felt the, the crunch of it. <laughs> well, he said he felt the same feeling. Yeah. He felt it, yeah. But literally, it was just as the bell went. Obviously, you hear the clap and you, 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 you're you doing what you're doing and then you think, right, that, that's it. Now the bell's going to go and it just wallop, bang, <sighs> on you. And I thought, ah. Oh. And straight away, I could just feel the blood start coming and... I was like, this is this is not ideal. But when you sit down on the second, you go, my nose gone. Was it bleeding straight away then? Straight away, I said, I, f- I said, my nose is gone. And um, Seltzer's in there with the... Uh, they did an insane job on that, because by the end of the yeah. fight, it's barely bleeding. Obviously, don't blow it and all that. But then, then he's saying to me, breathe through your mouth, and he's got this cold flannel, and he's wiping my face down. But the flannel's in my mouth, so I'm thinking, I can't breathe. So, yeah, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Seltzer. Yeah, come on, Seltzer. Get the feet out of my mouth for you, if, if you want me to breathe. Um, so that's why I ended up standing in the end, just so I could get that bit of extra breath. Because when I sat down, he was over me I just felt like when I have a panic attack or something yeah. I thought, I've got to get up here I've got to like just try and fill my lungs up but um Dan Charlie on that ringside close could just hear him do you know what I mean it was like I, I got myself through it but they definitely helped with the, with the words and the just to have them there was just unbelievable to have them there just spurring me on did you feel like you were in hostile territory did you feel like it was a massive event at any point in that fight no literally it could have been anywhere in the world yeah I, I got on that walkway to the ring and it was just a ring is that the same for you George were there any like Wembley for instance outdoors were, was there any ever where you're like fuck me look at this thing look at this place yeah it was weird because I wanted to do that yeah. but I was always trying to battle against it mm. like taking it all in and just be like oh, I'll win this fight and then like do a lap of honour like just keep going round and round yeah. until there's no one left like insanely long I was, was going to stay on each corner <laughs> multiple times <laughs> there's one little bit where um, obviously I've got like a long ring walk and I get off the bus and I get on the stage and then I have a look around and I think like smile someone's going to take some pictures of this bit smile like pretend you're, in- you're enjoying this because <laughs> I am enjoying it and then like game face on like game face on and then get in the ring and game face could on could be anywhere I mean at Wembley boxing had just got into that period of there was booing like so I got booed in the first fight with Froch and um, he got booed after and I remember on the ring walk for Wembley I got booed and I don't think I got booed by the majority. There must have been a minority, but booze ring loud, didn't they? And then he got booed as well. I'm trying to assess like, who got more booed. <laughs> yeah, who likes it? I'm, and, and I'm also thinking, who the fuck's paid money to come here? <laughs> no, I don't think about it. But um, I don't know. I think where John's like fresh off of it, mm. and he says that like it could be anywhere, it could be York or it could be a stadium. I think with time, you might change and, and feel a bit different about that because you can't block it all out you can't block out that you maybe it's just away stored somewhere and i think with time you might be like that was fucking hard like it would have been much nicer being in fucking ali bali <laughs> or your call or something then on the other side of the world you think you're still in the grieving process now it's funny when i left for the arena there was obviously outside our hotel it was, it was very similar to the hilton at wembley because it, it was the, the hotel but it led out onto like a shopping center I'd come out with Dan Lawrence and um, it was like the, the street was lined with people on the balcony and they was all just clapping me out to the cars and it was like kind of a tear-jerking moment. I was like, wow, this is this is something else. Mm. And I'm fighting their, their so-called hero, do you know what I mean? So it was like, that was so humbling and, and, and whatnot. But then the next day at the airport, it's like everyone, oh, picture, picture. And like, obviously I'm gutted, but it's all about what's next now, I think. And just, just enjoying, the, I'm enjoying the downtime. I've got no urge to be right back in the gym, out running. I just want to let my body heal, let my body recover properly. And then sit down in a couple of weeks and, and talk about what, what's potentially next and then start getting back and ticking over. But at, at the moment, I'm I'm happy, I'm healthy. I've got two beautiful kids to, to spend time with and, and catch up with because boxing does take over and, and you miss out on things. So I'm enjoying all the, the Father's Day shenanigans at, at my 
boys nursery and, and doing what activities that came with them. Should we dig in a bit to Mexico? Because it was like an extraordinary fight week as well. It wasn't just like Vegas. Your fight week looked extraordinary. Yeah, my fight week was in, insane and it wasn't <laughs> quite as painful. Let's talk about you, Dave. Go <laughs> yeah. on then. Uh, what I'm interested in is could you did you have any opportunity in that fight week to really kind of imagine that? I arrived there Sunday evening before. Yeah. Yeah, so up next morning, went to this like park for a run. So I had a little run around there. I walked around there. <laughs> Tony, Dan and Connor and um, the driver said last year, it used to be open all hours, but then there was like kidnaps, rapes and murders in there. So they closed it at dusk. So oh, lovely. <laughs> um, but other than that, really, yeah. I mean, it was just the the drives to and from the, the press conference, weigh in and whatnot. But um, the whole thing of like police escort everywhere was quite strange. Um, in the Hilton, you're in your own little bubble and it's, it's nice. Everything's new, everything's fresh, but you, you do see the kind of run down areas on the way to the different hotels and whatnot and to the venue it is it's worlds apart from what we're used to yeah mm. and then food wise i guess you're on you're making weight that week afterwards so you go you you flew to cancun straight after for a little bit of a holiday a few days you just get a bit of chance to relax yeah yeah how many tacos did you eat make quite a lot of tacos yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I, I did i wanted to like embrace the whole street food of yeah. mexico and stuff and Obviously, I didn't get to do it in Guadalajara and didn't really get to do it in Cancun either, but I tried to embrace the local delicacies, yeah. Mm. What's fight week for you like in general and was it different this time out in Mexico? It's weird. Obviously, normally being at home, I just kill time at home, whatever, but being out there, you're wrapped around the team, you're in a hotel, you've not got the the comforts of your sofa and whatnot, so it's, I don't like staying in a bedroom, like in the hotel room too much because you end up just laying on your bed all day, don't you? You end up getting lazy from yeah. mind, don't you? Yeah, yeah you really do, don't you? And it's like, you end up drifting off during the day and then you can't sleep at night and stuff. So I was very much out of my room for as much as possible. I was having like afternoon sleep just to obviously work with Greg as well. It was about changing your circadian rhythm. That's your body clock. But obviously Dan's big into that. So obviously in the, the transition phase from going to London to LA, it was big change, but going back from LA to Guadalajara was only, I think it was an hour back, so it wasn't too bad. But um, just trying to get my body used to being up later, so it worked out. It was best to have a nap between one and three. Then we was doing our pad work at like eight in the evening on the hotel roof, just to get used to the, the heat of being outside and um, just walk around the time I'd be fighting as well. So, mm. But in, in the daytime, we'd do our uh, strength session or our run. And then, yeah, just a bit of downtime during the day, really. Not really much, like it wasn't advised to go out and explore, but just in and around the shopping centre, having a look around, just, just keeping ourselves busy, yeah. Yeah, I always find when you're fighting and you're away, and you're away for that week, does drag a bit longer than being at home. And I think, well, what am I doing at home that's just yeah. killing the time? Do you know what I mean? So, and as you say, you don't really want to be laying on laying in bed all day because I just feel lazy. Like, then you've got to get up and you've got to do like the easiest session you've ever done, just like 60% pad work. And you're like, really can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to have a fight in two days. <laughs> or I've got to take off bloody five and a half kilos, which is which you had to hope you'd never have to do. But, <laughs> no. So you're like, don't get too lazy. Don't get too comfortable. So you'd have a little walk around the mall as well. Because there's always a mall mm. and you're always thinking, just like I for a walk around the mall. But when I'm at home, if I have to walk around Westfield, Westfield. that's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> but like fight week, it's like, the perfect bit of like stretching legs. There were people recognising like, you in fight week. Yeah, no, it oh, was. Yeah. Um, say it was. You were on the yeah. side of lifts and taxis and yeah, all sorts. 
crazy isn't yeah it? we're trying to get one in here john ride the lift try and get it on the front door because you told me it's red door and it's a green door so <laughs> yeah, no one will find the place <laughs> we need to put john rider on the front of it but yeah wandering about the mall just chilling just trying to relax a bit yeah no it's nice like obviously a lot of the it had been on tv a lot we're getting recognized yeah a lot really we had a like, security guard with us a, a lot of the time just to tell people not to touch me and stuff which was, was strange I'm <laughs> like if I have a photo with someone I always put, like, put yeah. an arm around them but it's like no touching I'm like okay <laughs> and they look like the worst photo you know what, what you do with like, your hands you're just standing next to people like putting your own head in so they, they are the, the worst pictures probably but um, listen this they do things differently over there and, and so be it but just on the whole we're just an incredible experience I love Mexico now obviously mm. not as much as Dan Lawrence who's or still me. there yeah. or you who's <laughs> making albums out there <laughs> but um, yeah great place and um, I think the, the, the best thing as well was that I felt at home because obviously the team I had around me but then I see familiar faces out there for like friends that are kind of a fight week you're out there Bunty's out there it's like there was a good presentation of, of English media out mm. there so it was, it was it was good say it all happened again and let's, let's not talk about moments in the fight but the whole setup would you do anything differently I suppose I'll just try to have enjoyed my time in LA a bit more mm. um, so LA was the pre-Mexico camp kind of pre-Mexico camp I just wanted to get through that week really and just get the spas done, get my week done there and then get to Mexico. But I suppose I should have just taken a bit more enjoyment from that just to embrace the situation. When you went through passport control and your nose is twice as big, what they say? What the fuck happened to you, mate? Yeah, well, no, Joe, you know what? Once the initial, the things come out, it was... Look the same. Yeah, back to normal. Like, yeah. Eddie Owen got come back from the venue that night and we were sat down eating and he went, blimey, you look fine now. Yeah. <laughs> a message that made, really made me laugh. I said, I was a snout and you just said, swell fucking brilliant double meaning <laughs> yeah it's genius you don't need to explain the joke to me <laughs> I loved it I thought you might not have got oh, I love that um, what was the last thing that Tony said to you before you ring walked and what was the first thing he said to you after the fight stay focused be prepared for him coming out he obviously made it known that he wanted to get the stoppage that night and uh, he said just be ready he's going to come looking for it I think now he's like yeah he'll, he'll, he'll give me a statement piece and it'll be then he'll, he'll go again do you know what I mean just a few little a few little pointers just over the duration and when we were in the ring it was just like the he said like, you know you're going to be waiting now just keep staying warm keep sharp he said you could be here for, you could be here for <laughs> knows how long they've got a hundred people in that mariachi band yeah and then after he just said look I'm proud of you like, and I just thought that's, at, that, at that point that's all you want to hear I suppose like you've gone in there you give it your all you've not come way victorious but you want the immediate team to be to be proud of the effort you're given for sure yeah what did Canelo say to you in the embrace after and then obviously you saw him after in the dressing room I can't, in the ring it weren't really much it was just mm. like good fight whatever yeah. but yeah afterwards he said we were chatting I said about in the second round he said oh yeah I know I felt it <laughs> <laughs> oh cheers <laughs> yeah but no yeah I mean I've met him before and it was more friendly and whatnot. and then in the build up it was it wasn't unpleasant but it wasn't there's was no like yeah. shaking it wasn't matey embracing. we wasn't matey but I've not got a hate to someone to want to fight him but listen it was the way you do it and then so be it but yeah ton of respect for him he's still still one of my favourite fighters but <laughs> it was great to get in there and, and share a ring with him and listen I wanted to knock him out I wanted to take his head off and I wanted to beat him but it didn't work out that way but listen if if the fight with Golovkin come off I'm laying the seed again yeah please do <laughs> I'm still I'm a major fan of Golovkin um, but listen it's, a, it's another fight I'd, I would love to do and I would give it my all again and, and go in there and try and make a, a huge statement has anyone said to you why don't you stop here no not not, not as of yet I mean in the press pre-fight post-fight press conference I asked Tony I said what am I going to do am I going to fight on or am I going to and he said I'm not going to tell you to retire now not after that like mm. you do what you want to do so mm. 
I mean, I was at a point there when I was, I could have just gone, oh, that, that'll do now. But like I say, when I got out of that ring, the desire to fight again was so strong. And I was like, genuinely, like, I said to myself, I can't fucking wait to fight again. Essentially, your, your stock has risen. And I hope you don't mind me saying, there's going to be big names out there that are chasing you now because they know you're hard as fuck and they're going to want to try and do a better job than Canelo. Of course, yeah. And obviously, you've got to use that to your advantage. In some ways, that's that's a difficult mindset to be in maybe not for you but maybe for the people around you being mm. like he's got a target on his back now it's Benavidez looking at you and going oh, I'm going to try and fucking take his head off or yeah. or, or Golovkin or something and yeah I mean you don't have to answer it might be way too personal I just didn't know if there's anyone in your team your family are just like John you've done amazing do we go again and listen if they did I, I would I would always listen to it I'd listen to their, their reasoning and, and whatnot but I think everyone's fully behind me going again. The dreams and aspirations have probably changed now because you, you know that Canelo's got the belts wrapped up. You're not going to get another shot at a title unless it's a, a regular title or, or whatnot. I think it's just about the biggest and best fights I can get now. So if that would be a, a Golovkin, a Benavidez, a plant, then I'm not going to keep going till the wheels fall off. But as long as the desire's burning, as long as I'm still winning, doing well, not getting hurt, then I will continue. I think I've possibly got two years max. I'm 35 in July. If I could get another couple of fights in and, and secure my future, my family's future, then like, you don't know what's going to happen with the titles. They could fragment and I could get another shot, but it's all about just securing myself now, I think, and, and getting the best fights, fighting the best. And I wouldn't say securing a legacy because I'm not really securing. I've not, I don't, don't feel like I've carved out a legacy for myself having not won a world title, but just go in there with, with the best fighters I can and, and get those wins. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I don't think anyone will forget that performance, Mexican or British boxing fans for that performance, whether you won the titles or not. But speaking of which, in the press conference afterwards, you sort of said, oh, well, I haven't seen any, I, I haven't seen social media. I don't know what people are saying about it. At what point did you see that kind of avalanche of credit from all over the world for the performance you put in? When did that sort of sink in and start hitting you? When I got back to the hotel on the Wi-Fi. do <laughs> <laughs> Pay for the data. I don't pay the roaming fees <laughs> yeah. when I'm away. <laughs> no, listen, I mean, social media is a great tool and the worst tool, especially Twitter. Took me blue tick away as well. Did you tell you Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got paid well, for, you it, got now, for you? it now. Yeah. It's like, mate, it was dying. <laughs> the only reason I kept it is because it had a blue tick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, mate, that, the, the WhatsApp messages coming through, the phone calls. And I mean, yeah, Twitter is normally the worst possible social media, like, I was getting you're a can, you're a bag, you're this, you're that. But the majority of the comments, it was like, it was heartwarming to think that although I'm feeling low, like it does does lift you. So over the course of the, the next few days, I was going through it a bit more. And yeah, I mean, the the, the response was amazing. Like almost that there was more credit for me than there was for him. 100%. Like, even from the Mexican people, yeah. yeah. And I'd spent like loads of time, hours throughout the day, like meeting and greeting people and mm. Uh, probably not not the time to be doing it but i wasn't gonna say no to anyone for like a, an opportunity of an interview or a photo especially with like the people of mexico who was against canelo for that dummy huge favors mm. you try not to let it be important because never you know some way sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad sometimes it's nothing uh, and boxing moves on like so essentially you are a prize fire you know you, yeah, you boys are, are products aren't you and, and you want people to buy into you and those well, yeah. people on Twitter are the people who might buy into you and make you an attraction. Without them, you, you ain't an attraction anymore, right? Before you fight for money, before you care about money, you, you're fighting for ad adulation, you know, to make your parents proud or to make... And then all of a sudden, you grow beyond that and strangers, you want you want that affection from strangers. I've had a roller coaster ride of where, uh, you know, 
you want it, you don't, you want it, you don't, you've had it, you can't get it. Um, in terms of the public or the boxing fan, that's the problem. That's why the likes of Tyson Fury at times will sound like he's lost the plot because he's just addicted to that for people. It is lovely. It is lovely to go online and just get nice comments. You know, it's yin-yang universe at times and you get good and bad, but when the good's coming your way, then slap it up, mm. soak it up, enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I think it's I think it's a good thing for you to um, be proud of it and, and enjoy it as well as you're always going to get it from, from your family. You know, yeah. they're always going to be proud of you. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you get a chance to go beyond that, then um, enjoy it, definitely. Your pedigree, as it were, in the eyes of the boxing world is higher than it's ever been. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And that's why yeah. when it comes to like, what am I going to do now? It seems like if you didn't box again, it's almost like you're leaving that status and that thing you've worked for for so long on the table. But it's, it's, I think it's that dangerous point now where you can, you could go out on that and people would be like, yeah, fair play. Yeah. But then you could go on, you can go too long. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I've got the right people around me to say, that will do you now. I'm very much like that. I'm, I've got that way in mind where I, I like to sort of make a bit of a plan and mine was, I had a free fight deal and I was like, all right, we'll see this out, win, lose or draw. And then this, it takes a bit of, bit of nuts, you yeah. know, to go draw a line under it. I hope you get offered another massive fight, you know, uh, next and you've got to get back in the gym and grind. And even if you are 100% into this fight, you know, into the carrying on, there's always going to be enough people saying, how you feeling, John? What do you think, John? So you got to keep, um, <laughs> you got to keep checking yourself. But you do, you fight your whole life to get into the situation you're in now. Opportunities sometimes come few and far between. If you get another mega fight coming up, I suppose you've got to do it, you know? I still feel like there is life for me after boxing involved with the sport that I'd want to kind of give back, put back into to boxing with young fighters and help out in the gym with, with Tony and Kevin. So yeah, the desire is still there. The, the fire still burns to, to be inside the ropes fighting, but I know that there's a, a plan for me after it. So, I mean, I'm more than happy to, to put back and and keep that life in, in Essex there for me. When did you first watch it back? How many times you watched it back? I interviewed Lee Wood the other day, said he's watched the no the knockout, getting knocked out by Lara more than 40 times. How many times you watched yours? In the 40s yet? No, only once. Just no. once? Yeah, just once. Yeah, yeah just watched the full. How, how quickly? Like how soon after the fight did you sit down and watch it? I got back from Cancun on the Friday. I watched it on the, the Monday evening. I watched 10 rounds of it and the kids with the jet lag got up, interrupted me at 10 o'clock. So it was like, right, what do we do now to turn it off and watch it Yeah, again. so and talk us like, through that. So you just sit down, what was it, just you and the missus at home or did yeah. you get people round or did you get No, just food you out? missing me and the missus at home. To be honest with you, I wanted to watch EastEnders and catch up. You know what, it was probably not a great time to watch it because I was tired, obviously, jet lag. And you know what it's like after watching boxing, you're like, the heart rate's going again. But no, I mean, yeah. It was good for me to watch it back because how I remember it being in there was completely different to what I saw on the screen. So everything I was worried about in the in the Parker fight was was put to bed, and I was fully immersed in that moment and, and living in that moment. That was that's a big thing I said to Greg as well that I don't feel like I ever really ever live in the moment. I'm always looking to what's next. And in LA, I was still living that life of well, I can't wait to get to to Mexico now. And now I know fight weeks there, but I feel like once I got to Guadalajara, I, I enjoyed every moment of every day just to go back to a point you said earlier about your wife pulling you in to watch the fight do you think that was her way of showing you you gotta be proud of this like let's not snap you out of you being um depressed or upset about losing but being like let's quickly get you on the path of being proud of of what you did and or her being really proud of what you did and wanting to share that with you by watching it back straight away she was like unbelievable like and you think that she's never seen me get dropped before she's seen me get dropped she's in Claire everywhere and it was like straight away she said like oh, I'm so so proud of you if you've got a good woman behind you in this career I suppose it makes things I've not had a 
shitty woman behind me so I, I wouldn't know but I do think it makes things 10 times easier you know I mean just one on physical and the emotional recovery how hard was that it was a hard fight physically what's it feel like that week I suppose the sun and the sea and the, yeah. the, the pools helped and just relaxing they was giving free massages around the pool every day as well which probably played a massive part <laughs> and whatnot but you like to do my nose would you yeah it's just a, <laughs> just worried about more on the bed just putting my head through the yeah. arm and smashing my nostrils you know what I mean but no it felt nice I mean I suppose normally you fight in the UK you're back, back home that night in your own bed the day after sitting around mulling over it for a few days I suppose but mm. I was there I was busy with the kids it was nice it was just to you in the pool with them you're sitting around and it was just nice just to be in the heat be in the moment and just just enjoy the time you've suffered some cr mad trauma you two say you've had a fight say you've had a 12 round fight trauma is ridiculous what you put your body through your brain through what's that week like emotionally does it feel like a big come down coming home after the four days helped that it was like just back to normality yeah, now yeah. and obviously vegas was a bit of a, a dream i mean it seems like a, a distant memory now just fantastic to be part of the whole experience the whole driving down the road to police escorts and having to buckle up because you think you're gonna go through the windscreen i mean we're on the way to the way and eddie uh, like we've had we've had to break sharply in the, in the convoy and eddie has gone fuck you know like we need to crash there we wouldn't want to get to the way and not get paid would you we'll crash before we get to the way and you don't get paid i was like sorry you put the seatbelt on <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that i want to talk about you tell me to piss off by the way biggest purse of your career or at least one of the biggest ones big payday yeah, yeah. big payday <laughs> you want payday you've been paid you told us already i've been paid talk us about you told us about this on the pod that money hitting your account it's oh, it's a lovely feeling <laughs> it's a great feeling but i feel like it's the feeling that you know you know that money doesn't bring happiness it was the only bit of happiness <laughs> after a win but um so say the frotch fight like first and second um the first fight i was grieving but mm. then when the money hits the account there is that it's oh, like okay, it's like yeah. it's like world war one on christmas day like you sort of you can sort of like wave the white flag for half an hour and go well done lads well done, well done. Yeah, i mean then you got to start paying out yeah like yeah because that money, the money don't hit your account yeah. and then you're like I don't know, you might actually get paid in pesos or do they pay in dollars or oh, yeah, pay in sterling? Oh, yeah, dollars to con conversion, yeah. Mm. So I don't even know if I did it right because I've got to pay everyone out in sterling. I can't pay them out in dollars. So you've got to, like, I'm thinking, do I convert it now? Don't know. Boring It's not even that fun, then. Yeah, and then so the money it's comes in and then, like, you know, X amount goes out straight away. Someone will say, put put half of that in a, in a high-interest account. That's essentially going to the tax man. You're like, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I really, really don't want to do that, but all right, fine, I'll try. <laughs> so you don't seem like a particularly extravagant guy, John, and you're obviously a family man. Did you make one stupid purchase? Did you go buy 100 cheeseburgers or something, or has it been pretty steady? Pretty steady, to be fair. Oh, that's boring. Um, like Eddie, when we spoke to him on the pod, he said, you know, it'll be on right move straight away. You know, that's the oh, thing I've that been on right loves. move, yeah. yeah. I'm looking to get the family home sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you did that with your fists. Like, yeah. that's, that all came as a result of you. It must be a good feeling. Well, like, I, I feel like I sold my missus a dream like 16 <laughs> now years Now you've got ago. to deliver it. <laughs> then George smashed me up in the, the uh, ABAs. So that derailed that for a little while but that i feel like i've finally achieved the dream of like securing the family home it's amazing I, I, for after i won the belt i had to fight again and then i yeah go clear the mortgage and you're like job done mm. next fight you win you buy buy a big car like Rolls Royce. Royce. yeah that's right that's what you do on the second one <laughs> buy a podcast studio yeah <laughs> all right let's have a break
let's talk about just a bit what's next for you. So we've already said you're boxing on. We've already said your pe- your stock is so high even in defeat. You spoke it into existence, the Canelo fight in Mexico. So you've already said Golovkin. If you could plot a path now for the next 18 months and three fights and it was just totally up to you, who would you fight? Golovkin, Plant, Benavides. That's the three. Yeah. I didn't win that fight, but I won the night. I felt I felt like I come out of there with a ton of credit, thirty thousand new followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I massively won the night. Won a lot of fans across the pond, Mexico, US, and back home as well. Back in the gym, then when we're back in the gym, going to centre parts for the kids. Beautiful. Um, and There's then, a lot of cycling there. So you get the ball rolling. Get the weight off. Get the cycling done there. Which one then, you yeah, going I'd to? Like to start well, don't over tell it. us in case yeah. we see you. Everyone will turn out. All the Mexicans will turn yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just Woburn. But yeah, looking forward to it. Again, be present in the moment with the kids. Enjoy it. Bit of downtime and then start ticking over. I'll start getting back to it and um, yeah, start start plotting the plans for what's next. Amazing. And Golovkin is the... So that's your prime target now. Talk us through that because there was a time when no one would call out Golovkin because it's like, it's fucking Golovkin. But those days are gone now, aren't they? Do you just see it as an opportunity? He's kind of past his best and beatable and a massive name to beat. No, I'm only putting it out there because Eddie put it there. It's one of them things, I don't know what, he's vacated his titles at middleweight. I don't know what he plans to do. I don't know if he's going to fight again, but um, if he does fight again, I'd love to fight him here in the UK or... Kazakhstan, why not? It's a fight people would love to see as yeah. well. That's why I think that's, you know. But I, I think you could hold it in Mexico. I think Mexican fans would love it. Just call it Mexican style. I think they'd probably buy into that. Get us back to Mexico. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go back to Mexico. Yeah. I bet they would Deckwood. have that. I'd more, be there. More, more album covers. Bang the drum for Golovkin. No, Ryder Golovkin it would be. So say say Golovkin's like, nah, not boxing again. Don't want to box him. He can't even lay glove on him. Then Plant is the next target. Yeah, so you're thinking now, plant, you're yeah. saying big names with big impact yep. now that's what you're here for now I'm not talking big names in Scrabble I'm talking no, little big, ones big fighting names yeah, yeah not good anagrams yeah plant but do you think there there is like George alluded to there is a not a target but there's now you're, you're a currency aren't you because it's like well Canelo couldn't stop him yeah what if, I, what if I can of course yeah cause I suppose it's just boxing in general Canelo stopped plant Benavidez didn't stop plant did he he beat him over for yeah. 12 so yeah I suppose there's that if he if Benavides would like, want to fight me because he'd want to get me out of there because Canelo didn't. So there's there's these options. Yeah, there's good good options. And like you say, in, in defeat, my stock has risen again. So we've got, we've got to take what we can, but be sensible and, and be wise and, and not rush into anything. Amazing. Do you know what we need? What Shall we're going to do? Also, what should we ask? Yeah, because it's probably changed now because we had Circo Loco. Circo Loco. That was the tune yep. last time. But less because you're our first ever returning member, we should probably freshen that up. Yeah. Have you got a new tune for the new John Ryder, the next era, the next chapter of John Ryder? I read a quote from Nipsey Hussle and I ended up getting it tattooed on my hold oh, yes. last week. How sore was that? Pretty sore. I forgot how sore tattoos are. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a song lyric, it's a quote, but I think I would go for Nipsey Hussle grinding all my life. Oh, tune. That's what, is that not what Andy Ruiz came out to the day, the night he knocked out Anthony Joshua? I wasn't really that. Think it was. Oh no, dedication. Same album though. Oh yeah. Grinding all my life. That's the tune. Get it on. And that's true. That's what you've been doing. And now you're getting the fruits of your labour. <sighs> Not really fruity, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he can smell them. Then... Yeah, that's all that matters. I can smell them. He loves a banana. Actually, he should do. Actually, you didn't eat a banana in the way, and did you? It wasn't too gorillary. Do you know what I did then? We're not weighing though. Yeah. Got undressed way too quick. You did, mate. I was going to say. Peaked too early. I must I? say, your mates, Team Rider were in f- like a couple of rows in front of me. in the way in the press everyone was just in this in the theater thing and they were up on their feet flags one of them had a gorilla hat on one of them's in fucking eastenders george knows him yeah. watched him in the abas mate 
that was mental. I was like, how was there someone from EastEnders here watching John Ryder? Darren Miller. Darren Miller, yeah. Charlie Hawkins, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, he was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they was at the ABA, yeah, he's, gone, he's gone from Brent Tunnel to Guadalajara. Yeah. yeah. Via Walford. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, so they is did, he your good friend or is yeah, he just love best, best friend for years, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So shout out that, that little crew. They made themselves heard. Yeah. And did you notice that from the stage? It was very Mexican. It was very Canelo show. And yeah. then this little pocket of them, one with like Union Jacks, one with a gorilla hat on, like a gorilla mask on. It must have been pretty Mate, nice yeah, to see that. on in the stadium as well throughout the fight, I think. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. Right. Didn't break character. Shout them yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. No bananas. Amazing. John, thanks so much for coming in in, the, in your little bit of downtime. Can't wait to see what's coming next. Thank you. Thanks for thanks getting me out of the house. Get us to Mexico one more time, John. Nice. It's all on you. How about that, Deck? How about that, George? Mexico trip numero dos is on the cards, and so is numero dos entry on the playlist from John Ryder. Nipsey Hustle. Grinding all my life. He's got a matching tattoo. Yeah. Well, he didn't show us that. No, it could be. We should have got a picture for the for yeah, the instance. For the gram. If you're thinking you need to get a tattoo to be an elite club member, fear not, because you don't do you, George. I suggest you hit the follow button hit in the it, podcast baby. app. Yeah, hit that shit. You can reach us via our socials, um, like many, many did. And GG Boxing Club on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. If you want to send an email like Callum Jones did, ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk Yes, and please keep sending in your guest suggestions. If you have any voice notes, send those in. Yeah, we, we had a voice them. note. We want some voice notes. Send us your voice notes. Do an impression of the person you want on the pod. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, check out our, our playlist, The Ring Walk, with our newest edition on. That's bursting at the seams now, that playlist. Say I was listening and I didn't want any ads, George. You got any options for me? Yeah, if you want to go ad-free, then listen to us on Amazon Music. Oh, lovely. And Deck, we're back on Wednesday. So I will shout, have a successful week. I'll try my damned hardest. Yes. See you next week. See you next week, Deck. Bye.